This is the podcast of Christian Life Center, an Assemblies of God church in Springfield, Massachusetts. For more information, visit our website at clc413.com. And during this great time of celebration, David has uh, this song that is composed and is sung before the people. For the people to be able to focus on giving God the praise and the honor and the glory in the middle of this celebration, this song was etched into the hearts and the minds of the people. It was a time that was a happy time. It was a time that was a joyful and an exciting time. But this song would be relevant to the people of Israel not only in the times of excitement and joy, but it would also be relevant in times of challenge. And a key note that we need to remember is that we need to prepare our song during the time when the sun is shining so that when the storm clouds come, that song will be ready for us in the difficult times. That was 1 Chronicles chapter 16. Now would you fast forward with me to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Time had passed. And now Israel finds itself in a great challenge. The armies of the Moabites, in verse 1 of chapter 20, the Ammonites, some of the Meunites, declared war on Jehoshaphat. Messengers came and told him, a vast army from Eden is mar- Edom is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. They are already at Hazazon Tamar. Uh, this was another name for Engedi. Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news and begged the Lord for guidance. He also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. So people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. Jehoshaphat heard the news, and as soon as he heard the news, he responded in the right way, and that was to seek the Lord. Now, often I find that the times that we seek the Lord is when we are put under the pressure of a situation in life. And during that pressure, we come to God and we say, God, what do we do now? What's next? What is your goal? What is your desire? Here we had all of these uh, armies coming up against Israel, and Jehoshaphat, he knew that the Lord was the answer, and he was begging him for guidance in verse 3. And so all of the people were called to seek the Lord together. It's not enough that your leaders seek the Lord, but we all need to seek the Lord together because we are all in the same boat. And when we need the Lord's help, we need the Lord's help for the whole body. So Jehoshaphat, he stood before the community of Judah and Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard at the temple of the Lord, and he prayed. He said, O Lord, God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven. 
You are the ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. Oh, our God, did you not drive out those who lived in this land when your people Israel arrived? And did you not give this land forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? Verse 8, your people settled here and built this temple to honor your name. They said, whenever we are faced with any calamity, such as war, plague, or famine, we can come to stand in your presence before this temple where your name is honored. We can cry out to you to save us, and you will hear us and rescue us. And now, see what the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir are doing. You would not let our ancestors invade those nations when Israel left Egypt, so they went around them and did not destroy them. Now see how they reward us, for they have come to throw us out of your land, which you gave us as an inheritance. O oh, our God, won't you stop them? We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We do not know what to do, but we are looking to you for help. As all the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, wives, and children, the Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. His name was Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, son of Benaiah, son of Jael, son of Mataniah, a Levite, who was a descendant of Asaph. He said, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Listen, King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid and don't be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march out against them, and you will find them coming up through the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens into the wilderness of Jeruel. But you will not even need to fight. Take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. That was an encouraging word. And that wasn't a word that came from Jehoshaphat, but rather it was a word from one of those of the worshipers. And the Spirit of God touched his heart and he broke out in this word, this prophetic word. And as he spoke, he spoke not only to the people, but to the king. And he said, God has this under control. No matter what's happening in your life, I want to remind you today, God has it under control. You may not see all that God sees. You may not understand all the details of what's going on, but God has it under his control. And what God wants us to do is to put our confidence in him. Our confidence cannot be in ourselves. Our confidence cannot be in us in, in even as a group. But our confidence is in the Lord because he is the reason why we live. He is the reason that we move and it is in him that we have our being. In fact, all of our life, our purpose is found in him. And when God speaks through someone, he speaks through them because there is a welling up with, within them. The prophet said that it was like a fire within them and they couldn't contain it until it was spoken. The prophetic word is a word from God, but it is a word that comes into our spirits and it must become something that, that, that rejuvenates us, that revitalizes us and that gives us a purpose for moving forward. 
And so here Israel finds themselves in this very difficult situation. And as the Spirit of the Lord came on Jehaziel, and he spoke, it says that in verse 19, then the Levites from the clans of Kohath and Korah stood to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud shout. You know, sometimes we can find ourselves a little bit put off by how it appears to our brothers and sisters or those around us, how we handle ourselves. But when your back gets pushed up against a wall, the way you handle things changes when it really, really matters to you. I've been in rooms in hospitals in very difficult circumstances and situations. And I have heard people cry out to God for his help. People from, uh, not, not, not in this church setting, but in another church setting, people who would normally say nothing and keep their lips quiet, but in that moment of need, were crying out with great volume, oh God, please intervene on behalf of with great tears and with great seeking of the Lord. Why? Because it really touched that person's heart. And see the re and that happens across the board. You see people who come into the hospital setting and they hear news that someone is about to die. All of a sudden things change. All of a sudden they don't care who's sitting beside them. They're dealing with the situation as if nothing else mattered. And the truth is, for you and I, until our relationship with God becomes such that nothing else really matters, then we're always going to be concerned about what's going on to the left and to the right, what someone else is doing, what they're thinking about us, and all these kinds of things. But my friend, I want to remind you, when it's all said and done, what really matters is whether you have heard the voice of God and responded in obedience. Because if God is on your side, there is not a demon in hell that is going to be able to stand against what God is going to do through you. And here Israel was facing a great horde of armies coming against them. And in the middle of this, the prophetic word of the Spirit of the living God comes upon Jehaziel. And Jehaziel begins to prophesy. And Jehaziel basically says, you guys, God is with you. You will not even need to fight. Take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. And in this process of this battle, God was going to have the first word and the final word. And early the next morning, verse 20 says, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa, and on the way Jehoshaphat stopped and said, Listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets, and you will succeed. Initially, when uh, the king had heard these words, the, the scriptures tell us that he was terrified. But then when the ministry of the Spirit through the prophetic word impacted his heart and he's moving out with the people now, he says, listen to me, everyone. Believe in the Lord and believe in his prophets and you will succeed. Verse 21, he consults the people 
And the king then appoints singers to walk, not behind, but ahead of the army. Singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. In the whole battle plan, as all of these armies are coming up against Israel, King Jehoshaphat thinks about it and says, what would be the best plan of attack for what we're dealing with right here? And he somehow comes to the conclusion that those who are the worship leaders should lead the way into the battle. King Jehoshaphat understood and knew and, and realized that the power of the Spirit of God needed to be unleashed. Because, see, the truth is, is no matter how strong an army is, if their spirits are down, they'll lose the battle. If our spirits are strong in the Lord, then we won't fear, but rather we will trust in the Lord. The scripture says that some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, but we will trust in the name of the Lord our God. So it's not how great your army looks, and you can fill in your own situation. Maybe for you, maybe if it's a financial need, maybe your army doesn't look big enough in the form of your bank account. Maybe in your situation that you feel overwhelmed and exhausted by a relationship that has been torn apart and you feel at your wit's end. You may feel this is not a battle that I think I can win. But it doesn't matter what situation you're fi you find yourself in. As you come and you place the situation in God's hands, he is going to walk with you through the circumstance and through the situation. And so... Back in 1 Chronicles, we read that David, when the ark of the Lord was being put into the tent, he had taught these people a song. And no doubt they were singing with great joy. Now, and keep in mind, this was not the time of battle. This was back then when they were just excited about what God is doing and everything looks great. Sun is shining. Everybody's friendly. All these things look well. And we all are going to face moments from extremes when we feel like everything is just going great. And then you're going to face times when you feel like everything's heading downhill. But I want to remind you that in the times when things are going great is not a true indication of the test of our character. We can grow it there, but the true test comes when the pressure's on. When the pressure's on, how we respond will show what's in our heart. The truth is, is that unless you have prepared your heart for the battle, then you won't be prepared when the pressure comes on. And so now these worship, these worship uh, leaders and the worshipers go before the army. And what song do they sing? Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. The same song they were singing when the ark of the Lord was being placed into its tent. When there was great celebration, David was giving out all kinds of good food, cakes and bread and all kinds. This was a feast. It was a time of celebration. The same song that was sung back then to acknowledge the goodness of God was the same song that was now leading the children of Israel into battle. 
you and I must have our heart focused on what is keeping us in the plan and purpose of God. Because storms of life come. But for the people of Israel, God had called them to a specific place. He said he was given, going to give them this land. And now they're facing this, this great army. Well, for God's promise to be fulfilled, there had to be a battle. You know, I kind of, in my own flesh, sometimes wish battles weren't necessary in our walk with God. You know, I wish that it were a little easier sometimes. But the truth is, is that you will never grow to reach the promises of God for you until you battle through the next level. You know, it's just a reality. So rather than wishing and living in a wishful world, what we need to do is we need to gear up. And we need to say, with God's help, I'm going to move forward and do what God has called me to do. So all of them line up. The worshipers are out front. Uh, the army's in back. I imagine the army had not been in that position before. I don't know for sure, but it's possible that this was the first time that the worshipers were out front facing the enemy. Listen to what happens in verse 22. At the very moment, I love that, at the very moment that they began to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. The armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. After they had destroyed the army of Seir, they began attacking each other. So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, all they saw were dead bodies laying on the ground as far as they could see. Not a single one of the enemy had escaped. That's amazing. And isn't that right in line with the, what the prophet said? He said, you will not have to fight. Just sit back and worship. When we get so caught up in trying to assess our situation that we take our eyes off of God, we end up worrying and wasting our time. Because it's not going to help you win the battle anyways. It's so critical that we hear what the Lord wants us to do. Now, God used the army in other situations to move forward and to go into battle, and sometimes they would have to literally fight with weapons. But in this situation, it highlights the reality that worshiping the Lord must be front and center of everything that we do. So if you're engaged in something and you sense that your mind is more engaged than your spirit, I challenge you to take a pause. Say that again. If your mind is more engaged in whatever challenge you're dealing with than your spirit, you need to flip that around. And you need to take your brain and simply say, God, I have all these thoughts, but I bring them before you, and I want to engage my spirit. Now, sometimes what God wants you to do in your spirit, not all the time, but sometimes, just doesn't make sense to the brain. So what you have to do is you have to believe that God's brain is smarter than your brain. That's a good start. Right? And, and I think... 
I don't think any one of us here uh, would believe that we created ourselves, right? So God created us. Now, if he created us, he's so much wiser. He's so much smarter. Okay, that doesn't mean you take your brain and, and turn it off. It just means that you bring it and submit it to Christ. So when God tells you to do something that may not make sense to your brain, as long as it lines up with what God is saying, you have to trust him. Because for some of you, you're facing a situation that your analysis of it is not going to solve the problem. And God's not wanting your analysis. He wants obedience. Because he's already analyzed it. He knows exactly what's going to happen. What he's looking for is that you would open your heart to him and say, God, I trust you even when things seem bleak. Even when I don't see the next step, I believe that you are guiding me. It's wonderful when you're being led of the Lord because then no matter what happens, you can always have peace. And I believe that as the armies moved forward, there was a great sense of confidence, not because they had the greatest battle plan. There is no boasting here of some kind of uh, indirect way where they were going to try to fight and win. It was all on God. In fact, the truth is, they didn't even end up fighting. So if the newspaper ended up writing a report on this kind of battle, what kind of headlines would you think that there would have been? No credit would have gone to the great commander who came up with a scheme to be able to win this battle. So he didn't get any glory, right? But the headline of this would have been, as the people began to praise, God began to fight. And so as you praise the Lord and as you worship him, even when things don't line up here, you have to trust that God will line it up in your heart and in your spirit. And it's so critical that we as a church, that we allow true worship to guide and direct the direction of our church. I'm, not, I'm talking about true worship, okay? True worship is more, more than just an instrument. It's more than just good singing, and it includes that. But when Jesus said, I'm looking for worshipers who will worship me in spirit and in truth, he wasn't just referencing the people who come and lead us in worship on a Sunday morning. He was meaning you. You don't have to be the best of singers to worship God, but you do have to worship. And your worship is to honor the Lord. And, and believe me, as you practice that, God's going to give you a song you've never had before. But more often that I've experienced, more often than not, a song that becomes a song with a great message to impact many is birthed out of great pain, great struggle, and great battle. And when that song is birthed out of that str struggle and battle, it carries with it a great weight of dependence upon the Lord. Because the truth is, if God does not go with us, then really we have no hope. But because he has promised to be with us, we have great hope. And so our focus must be to truly worship the Lord. Verse 25 says, King Jehoshaphat and his men went out to gather the plunder. They found vast amounts of equipment, clothing, and other valuables, more than they could carry. 
There was so much plunder that it took them three days just to collect it all. On the fourth day, they gathered in the Valley of Blessing, which got its name that day because the people praised and thanked the Lord there. It is still called the Valley of Blessing today. Wow, what a turnaround. A place of great fear, a place of potential um, being overcome by the enemy. And in the middle of all that they could have experienced in being overcome by the enemy, God wins the battle. They end up gaining all the plunder and the name of the place is changed to a valley of blessing. That's what God wants to do for your little area. He wants to turn what would be potentially a valley of defeat to a valley of blessing for you. The difference is going to come in whether or not you're willing to allow the Lord to be worshiped and honored and glorified at the forefront of whatever decisions that you're making. In the middle of any transition, as Pastor Zach leaves and he heads to do what he feels that the Lord is calling him to do, we bless him in the name of the Lord. Ultimately, it's the Spirit of God that has to guide and direct every step that we take for us to be able to walk and live in his, in his peace. So I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you today to keep the Lord front and center of everything that you do. Because as you do, you're going to win battles that would otherwise be impossible for you to win. And you're going to face circumstances that can seem overwhelming, that can seem like it would be a valley of defeat, but it can be turned into a valley of great blessing. I want to invite the worship team to please come on back. In just a few moments, we are going to worship the Lord with song. But before we get to that point, I never take for granted that every person that is present in this room has readied their heart to be in the presence of God. Every single one of us need the gap to be bridged between us and God. And Jesus is the only one who can fill that gap. Your good works can't do that. Even you coming to church can't do that. The only one who can fill the gap is Jesus. If you're here today and you desire for the Lord to be the Lord of your life, and if you're willing to surrender your heart to him, and if you would say, Pastor Joseph, I, I want to give my heart completely to the Lord today. I either have not made that decision in the past or I did some time ago, but I've walked away from him and I want to come back and I want to surrender my heart. I want to follow Jesus. I want him to forgive me of my sin, to write my name in the book of life. I want to be ready for heaven. If that's you today, right where you're sitting, would you just simply raise your hand? I would like to pray with you today because God desires for you to have peace with him through Jesus Christ. God sees your hand. 